The Counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. Bouncing Joe. <laughs> Charles, I keep waiting for uh, the Ravens <laughs> to announce that they have gotten rid of Greg Roman because. <laughs> Did the, the, the recording catch that at the start? I think it just I think it just caught the Mount St. Joe part. All right, we can leave that in. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're uh, if you're from Baltimore uh, or or the surrounding areas and you're familiar with the private schools, I just made a little joke about Greg Roman sending his kids to Mount St. There's, Joe. Why uh, nothing like uh, Baltimore private school uh, rivalries? Rivalries, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was there what ten years ago. At this point, it's still you know, it's, not, <laughs> it's still burned in. I see a Gilman alum doing well. I'm like, oh, that's not good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, so I watched this, this is the counter, by the way, I'm Chris, he's Charles. Uh, I just got, we've got it. I got, I got to go right into this rant. Cause, uh, I have to admit that I have not watched a ton of live football this year. I don't work on Sundays for the first time in eight years. Used to be that I would watch pretty much part of every football game played during an NFL season. Uh, and now I generally come in on Monday and I watch condensed games and it's like a much different experience, right? Cause like, I've already seen some tweets. I've already read some articles. Maybe like I'm not setting the narrative about the game in my head as I'm watching the game. Cause I already have information about the game. So I'm watching it. I'm seeing if it confirmed, like, it's just a totally different way to watch football. But last night I, uh, just ha- happened to have some free time. Like folding some laundry or something, I put the Ravens Dolphins game on just to check in, right? Because the AFC is really interesting. Like it feels like it's totally up for grabs. The Ravens have uh, we discussed in the last show. Like it's not great that they keep having to come from behind and uh, win these epic close games. Like that is not a sustainable strategy, uh, and it shows a lot of flaws. But like the AFC is so weird this year that. I thought, well, maybe the Ravens could do it, right? They have one of the better quarterbacks, just a a surreal talent, just a guy that you cannot stop. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I wanted to tune in. It turns out you can stop him if you blitz him and if your offensive coordinator just has no answers whatsoever. Just like that offense is so bad, Charles. It is so bad. How is Greg Roman to have a job right now? I don't know. It's disgusting. I don't even know how you get to a point where you have like – one of the most unique talented quarterback in NFL history. And I don't think that that's like an overstatement uh, no. and you can't really get anything going against like arguably the worst team in the league. I mean, the, it's like the bottom of the NFL is like the, the lions, Jaguars, dolphins, like that's that, you know, jets, like that area of team and you can get anything on, on this team. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's just frustrating because it's just the same thing that we've seen from the Ravens over the past few years where, Greg Roman is like actively not helping this offense, but his quarterback is so good that he gets to keep getting game checks. And uh, I think that, you know, the Ravens kind of need to come to this realization that, hey, just because we win a lot of games doesn't mean that things can't be better around here. Right, right. I mean, they, they fired Cam Cameron in the year they won the Super Bowl. Like, they've, they've, this is not some new scenario for the Ravens where they have an offensive coordinator who's not getting the job done. Yeah. They need to move on. I think Greg Roman was maybe the right guy to put in an offense that would help Lamar uh, acclimate and figure out how his skills would best work. But, but that period is done, right? Like he is acclimated. The guy is throwing the ball from like a hundred different arm slots, like accurately. I mean, he's just incredible. And the (laughs) offense looks like, uh, I don't know what's the what's the least sophisticated Baltimore private school like. It looks like it looks like a bad offense from yeah. one of those. So I mean, it just is. There's nothing happening, and I, like I, the narrative is forming now that like, oh, the Dolphins' defense was really flying to the ball. Like, no, the Dolphins' oh. defense is the same bad defense from the last few weeks. Like, the Ravens were letting them fly to the ball because it was just a boring bad offense it, like everything about it was just awful yeah and i could see the thing with the ravens i think you make a good point where to start off like yeah it's it's good to have i think it's good to have someone like greg roman as lamar gets acclimated to the nfl just like someone who can help you get the run game going because that's what lamar was good at you know coming out and uh you know like that the rookie rookie year lamar was not a good passer and i think it, it kind of helped having him 
you know, let you get used to the speed of NFL defenses, like while you build a good ground game. But this Lamar is really good at throwing the ball. Uh, right. And I think you're going to need someone that can come in and activate, you know, some of like a real NFL passing game for a couple of years. Uh, uh, when you move on from Greg Roman, which hopefully, you know, for, for Lamar's sake happens this offseason, because I think what you're starting to look at now with the Ravens is like, you got some weapons to throw to. Uh, right. You got you got Hollywood Brown, uh, who, you know, has a case of the drops he's every now and then, but he's a pretty solid receiver. Uh, Rashad Bateman looks like he's going to be a star. Mark Andrews is good when he doesn't have a case of the drops. He's like, that's a pretty good trio, I think, to build around. Uh, and obviously you have Lamar, so... Why don't you find someone who can get a little bit more out of the passing game now that we know Lamar can really throw the ball out here? And right. as long as you have him on the field, you'll be able to run the ball. So I think that that yeah. part might not be as important as it was a few years ago. Yeah. I have not uh, – I, sh- I should have looked up the stats. This dawned on me now. But if this team is so good at coming back uh, and, and winning these close games, do you know what happens in those close games? Like you end up throwing the ball. Like you have a pass-centric offense because you were trying to come back. And like this, like obviously Lamar Jackson can do this. You know, there was this narrative for like, oh, he can't come, he he can't bring his team back. You know, like every stereotypical narrative that has ever existed about a black quarterback has been applied to Lamar Jackson tenfold. And like the time is now just to let him run a more like obviously tailor it a little bit because he's like you said he's a unicorn. He's he's the most unique. Uh, quarterback talent in the history of the league, uh, it, you know. So yes, make the offense different, but it's it's handcuffed right now. The offense is totally handcuffed, and they like obviously he can run a past first offense that mm-hmm. that that can work. He showed it, but like they don't get into it until they have to panic. Uh, and, and plus, like it'd be one thing if they had J.K. Dobbins, like the the running backs that they wanted to have for this, but they don't. They have Devonta Freeman. Le'Veon Bell, like their running backs are a good fantasy team from 2012 or something. Yeah, like, yeah. In 2015, this would be the GOAT fantasy backfield. Right. Like, <laughs> just, but, but you cannot continue to run that offense. And like, it sure seems to me like they've made no adjustments. Um, you're right. Rashad Bateman looks really good. Uh, he made that one catch where Lamar, like, he, you know, I think probably a bit a blitz beater, like, which the Ravens did not appear to have many, but he, Saw some people coming. Bateman was on like a little in route, and uh, Lamar threw it really hard, and Bateman grabbed it. Like you have some things to work with, uh, and they're not being worked with right now. It's, yeah, it sucks. It's because it, 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 it's starting to feel like what was happening with the Panthers with Cam, like when he was like really on his game. Where you know, I I I do think that Lamar is like performing a little bit better than Cam did, like post that MVP season. But you know, you would look at Cam's stats after a game, you'd be like, how the hell did this happen? Because I, I watched the game and it looked like he played pretty well. And then you get to the season, he's completing like 50% of his passes. And I'm like, you know, if you're really watching this stuff, like this is not all his fault. And then, you know, I, I kind of feel, or not I, not that Lamar is like in that territory yet, because, you know, I don't, I don't think that the Ravens offense has been quite like that dysfunctional, but, uh, you know, there's just so much more room for this to be better. And, you know, it, it's just frustrating. Like, this is one of the best quarterbacks that is in the league and one of the best talents that we've ever seen. And he's just not getting the most out of this because, you know, his coaching staff just won't move on from Greg Roman. But uh, it, it to me, it's kind of funny to watch that game and to think back a couple years ago that, you know, there was some rumors that the Browns might hire Greg Roman over Kevin Stefanski. And, you know, just seeing how those have turned out uh, up to this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Roman, he just he he did a lot to to revolutionize uh, offense, but he has not taken that next step, right? Like he just yeah. he he figured something out and he sort of got stuck on it. Uh, and you got to keep moving in the NFL. Uh, so yeah, the Ravens end up losing this game. By the way, I don't even know if I said the score. The Dolphins twenty two, Ravens ten. AFC is just a total mess. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We're gonna we'll go through uh, Charles' picks later. Uh, you know, picks against the spread for every upcoming game. For what are we on week ten now? Yeah, all the way up to week ten. So we'll go through those. Uh, but first, we want to get to uh, a big news week in the NFL. A lot, a lot going on with uh, Cam Newton surprisingly reemerging with his 
the team that he made his name with, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about Odell Beckham finding a landing spot too. Um, but you wrote a column yesterday about uh, the Panthers. Uh, we, you know, they, they are like, we have been trying to figure out what this franchise is doing for so long now. Uh, and just continues to like, this is the perfect uh, the perfect ending, right? Or, I, you know, it's not an ending, but the perfect sort of like come around that they had no idea what they wanted to do. They hired a new GM, hired a new coach, uh, got rid of Cam Newton. As you wrote, like, that makes sense, right? Like, okay, you're bringing in a new era, like Cam, you know, he struggled a little bit, he had injuries, like, okay, everybody, let's get a fresh start. But then they went and paid Teddy Bridgewater. It was like, wait, what are you guys doing? And then... They went and traded for Sam Darnold, uh, and and now the, uh, Darnold is dealing with an injury, and they have brought Cam Newton. Like they paid Cam Newton real money too. You yeah, know, probably he's, he's going to be starting the rest of the season, right? Like it's, it's but like this is it's just uh, such weird roster management, man. Uh, yeah, it's bizarre. Uh, and the thing with the Panthers that's so baffling is like. Why? Why did you feel the need to rush this rebuild at the start? Like you, you give me a seven-year deal with uh, an NFL team. Right. You won't, we won't even start trying till year four. Like, are you kidding me? Because uh, I'm trying to see that contract all the way through. Just wait. <laughs> Let me buy into my vision a little bit. I need a few years. But you know, I guess they took the route of you, you know you see teams get into this mess all the time. I, I mean, if Matt Ryan eventually falls into a off of a cliff like you're gonna see it with the falcons too like you can't rebuild and be like competitive at the same time like it's pretty hard uh so i think you know the thing with the teddy bridgewater signing was eh, like we know teddy's not good but we also know he's not bad enough to like absolutely tank your season either so you know you end up with the eighth pick when you really want it like the first or the second or the third uh, you know, you still could have Justin Fields if, if, you were, if you were brave enough to take that pick. And, you know, if that Pittsburgh game and uh, a couple games that he's had before the season, you know, earlier in the season, I need indication that that looks like a pretty big whiff on the Panthers part. Uh, but, you know, you, you have the eight pick, you decide to take JC Horn. And I mean, he looks like he's going to be a stud when he gets back, but not a quarterback. So. What do you do? Uh, you know, I guess before the draft, you know, you trade. Was that I think it was was that before the draft or after the draft they traded for Sam? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, either so one. But, yeah. but you know, the, the the idea that like you watched Sam Darnold's reps from his time with the Jets and to, the, to think that you're going to be the person to like unlock this and like, oh yeah, I got this. Like, I'm going to be the one that makes the worst quarterback in the NFL into you know like a top twelve starter. <laughs> right. I am with top twenty four. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, top twenty, top twenty four would be a huge like improvement. Uh, and to have the, the the gall to believe that you are the saint that is sent down to fix Sam Darnold's sins is just kind of baffling to me and the fact that you would pay a second and a fourth for the right to have that and not only pay a second and a fourth but also pick up his option for next year uh which is you know almost worth was worth almost 19 million dollars which is that's that's not like the most expensive quarterback deal anymore but that's certainly not cheap for someone who's producing that sam donald's level so uh you put yourself in quite a predicament i think what's interesting where I guess the most interesting part about Sam Darnold's play is like you can argue he's been worse in Carolina than he was with the Jets, especially like over the past, uh, you know, six or seven games where he's just like completely imploded and played like the worst quarterback in the league. So the, th- the, th- like, the thing that I think people need to also focus on is, yeah, the Panthers, like they did this in part because of Sam Darnold's injury, but <laughs> they were going to need to do something regardless because he's been playing so bad. Like you, there, you can't. If you're Matt Rule and you want to be this guy that says, okay, you know, at the start of a rebuild, we're not going to just tank. We're going to be competitive. We're going to try to win games out here. Then you can't also be the guy that's going to start Sam Darnold for, you know, an entire 17-game season when he's playing worse than he was with his time with the Jets. Like, if you look at – if you just take the averages from his time with the Jets and put them up against, like, the nine games he's played in Carolina so far – Literally all of his numbers are worse except for yards per game uh, and yards per completion. So uh, it's a, it's been a disaster to say the least. And I think it's just so funny that like you have to come crawling back to Cam Newton at the end of this saying, hey, 
remember last year when we said we were going to build around you and then uh we cut you a couple months later uh and remember when, when me matt rules that i was super excited to get the coach of cal like uh cam newton and then i cut you can you come back so we can uh, kind of figure this out play some competitive football again because cam looked really good in the uh in the preseason, uh, and if that can carry over, he like he's easily the best quarterback on the roster. But it's just really alarming the moves that you had to make to get to this point where they really don't seem to show any sign of competency. And then, like I remember during the offseason, I was like, "Hey, so uh, should we be a little worried about Matt Rule? Like, are we sure that this is a thing that's going to see its way through and, and be a confident, uh, you know?" Uh, a confident head coach in the league and Panthers fans got on me a little bit, but I think now we're seeing he might not be cut out for this. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> just does not uh, look like, the vision is still not there. Right. Like I still don't, I, I cannot see where this team thinks it is heading uh, just in general, uh, like what the solution is going to be. Uh, you know, they, they got off to a good start. The defense looked great. Uh, Joe Brady's a very good offensive coach. Uh, you know, who knows how long you'll have him in that position. Uh, you, you know, like it, it just feels like they, they, like you said, they either needed to do one or the other. And like Matt Rule's a college coach. And when college, it was, when, when college coaches get into a program, like they almost automatically are like, everything here is terrible. And it will take me years to even begin to fix it. Like they set up this expectation. Like they know how to play that game that like, yes, this is very difficult to do. Like he should have known like, Hey, I can put the brakes. Like he said, seven year deal. Like I can put the brakes on a little bit. I can say, you know, I can really plot this out and we can take our time. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's Dave Tepper who like, you know, was a minority owner of the Steelers for a long time and then finally bought his own team, just really wanting to push the gas down and sort of mixed signals getting, uh, you know, misinterpreted within the organization of, of how they were going to do it. Uh, just sort of a power struggle, but it still does not make a whole lot of sense uh, moving forward. So, yeah, and I, I, I think one of the funniest parts to me about this is last year there were you know plenty of people saying. I'm sure you can go back and find tweets and articles and stuff. Like, if you want to be a team that is choosing to go, okay, we're going to you know instead of you know blowing this thing up, we're going to try to rebuild like on the fly. Why not just stick with Cam Newton then and just see what happens over the next couple of years, and then you know in like 2022 you can make a decision on that if you want to. Right. And now you're right back in the situation of, well, we got Cam and we need to win some games again now. So <laughs> you like you are literally right back where you started. And and I like that's like so unacceptable to me. Uh, but, you know, I, I really hope that Cam plays well because yeah. uh, he's one of the, the most unique talents to watch in NFL history. Like right with Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, like all those guys. Uh, and quite frankly, like in terms of receiving talent, this is going to be the best group he's had in a minute, uh, right. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Terrence Marshall. Like if they can just kind of figure out where those guys play best, I don't really see why Cam can't have a great year. Yeah. Yeah, it should be. I mean, it's obviously great for Cam Newton to be back in a spot where it, there should be some comfortability. Uh, and apparently he got vaccinated while he was going, he had time to do research and uh, ended up getting vaccinated. You know, I, I I earnestly would yeah, just to get someone like who went from being unvaccinated to vaccinated. I earnestly would like to hear Cam talk about some of the you know research he did, but I, right, right. which I'm sure you know involved looking at his bank account too a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah, it would be it would be helpful to to hear that. I mean, those probably are the stories that need to be told. Uh, on the other end of the uh, roster building. Um, you know, you made the comparison a couple of weeks ago that uh, that the Rams were just playing Madden. That, that you know, it was just like they there were no rules for them. There were no conventions. They were just adding good players that they wanted, and they ended up with Odell Beckham this week. So I guess that is continuing. They just are compiling talent. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, and you know, it, it's it just goes in with like this Rams team is all in on this, like Stafford trade, Von Miller trade, uh, just in, in this season. And then you know, the, I, I don't think the Odell move by itself is like an all in thing, but like when you add it in with the totality of the other moves they've made, like this team's trying to win a Super Bowl 
right now. Uh, and, you know, I, I certainly think that they're talented enough to do. I think I, I, like I had them as the best teams in the power rankings uh, earlier this week that got, you know, destroyed online, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, and I think when you look at a receiving core, like Van Jefferson is your number four and you have Cup, Woods, Odell, like, and Stafford and McVay. I mean, I really don't even think that, like, the ingratiation period for uh, for Odell is going to take that long because all these guys are vets. Like, they know how to play football. Like, they know how to get things going. And you look at the chemistry that, uh, like, Stafford had with Deshaun Jackson at times earlier this season. I know that that didn't work out how the Rams wanted to. But, you know, I, I, I still tend to believe that Odell is, like, extremely talented and very good. Uh, like, when I watch the tape, for some reason, he and Baker just didn't click, but I don't think right. that this is a, 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 you know, I don't think that he's a bad player by any stretch uh, of the imagination. I don't think that he's washed, just kind of didn't work out. And I think that this situation uh, with the Rams offense is going to be great for him. Like, I don't know how uh, the target share is going to work out because this right. seems to be the Cooper Cup show. But uh, I, I think when you're looking at the players that the players and coaching staff that Odell just joined, I feel like they're going to be able to figure it out for themselves. Right. Now it just, it's such a different situation too, right? Like he's just, he's a mercenary. He's just there for this. He just signed a one year deal. Uh, you know, it's, this is not him having to think about where he fits in the big picture of the offense and how many targets in what role, you know, I've seen a lot of people break down like, well, if it didn't work with Djax, uh, sort of do, playing the role of the guy running deep routes, taking the top of the defense. Like that's not who Beckham wants to be. So is this going to work? Like it doesn't like we're halfway through the season, right? Like this mm-hmm. is just having a really good player on the roster because uh, you need depth, you know, like uh, guys could get hurt and it's, and when you come, when you get into the playoffs, you know, we saw it with the, with the chiefs, you know, like guy that, defenses will find a way to take away Cooper cup. And so if you have Odell Beckham uh, running, whatever routes he's running, like that's a better option than, than almost anyone else uh, that you're going to pick up at this point in the season. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just sort of about adding talent. Like you said, Sean McVay, if anybody can figure it out, Sean McVay will yeah. find a way to get this guy in spots where he can catch the ball and run. And last thing on the, the, the Odell thing, like, because I, I, I think that this is a, a home run move. Uh, but I just want to ask, like, Browns fans, what did he do to make you so mad? Like, because yeah. this, in terms of Odell's run with Cleveland compared to his time with the Jets, like, it was fairly low key until the, the video came out. And, like, I, I feel like this situation is just more on the Browns for not trading him for something before the deadline and you just kind of got lost in this, oh, well, we're just going to hold on to him and then you, you you screwed that up and you couldn't get anything going so you had to cut him. But that's like, that that part's not Odell's fault. Uh, they had the opportunity to trade him. They could have done that. Uh, and it's not like he was out here kicking goal po- or, you know, you're kicking nets like he was with the Giants or making big public scenes with his emotion. Like, he was pretty low key during his time in Cleveland, uh, up until you know the video of Baker, uh, you know, missing him all those times. So I really don't understand the animosity here because it's not like he was just you know a super villain while he was in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, I you know you tweeted this uh, yesterday. Uh, you retweeted yeah, I had, something. I had a couple of drinks from Mark <laughs> Sessler, uh, thrilled for Odell Beckham who must be tended to and coddled, not unlike baby Yoda, leaving a hell flattened Tatooine. I don't really get any of that because yeah. I, I don't I've, know. I've, I've seen a good chunk of The Mandalorian. I really don't understand. Uh, because in the, also in the movie, uh, the baby Yoda, he, he was trapped by like bounty hunters and was rescued pretty much. So I don't really know. Well, I, I guess unless you look at the Rams as, you know, Mondo and Mandalorian and they're coming to save Odell because uh, Odell has this deep secret power in him that just needs, <laughs> needs to be protected and unleashed. You know, I guess maybe that's what Sean McVay's role in this is. And uh, the Browns were just the people keeping him not, <laughs> not using him the best of his abilities. I, I don't know, but yeah, uh, yeah, that that tweet was uh, extremely bizarre. And I thought the funny part with Mark was he he posted it once, and then people got on him and he deleted it and posted the exact same tweet oh later. Gosh. And it's like, oh my god, dude, like this is just weird. This and is, it's like, wild that an NFL like this person works for the NFL Network and he's 
Uh, like, I don't, you know, is, is this based on something? Is there like reporting to uphold the fact that like Odell Beckham is, uh, you know, like he has a public persona where, like you said, he, he's kicked things. He's been, uh, you know, outwardly emotional, but like, as you point out, like his teammates seem to like him. Like he's a, a good player. Like, yeah. I mean, the people, okay. Like just, uh, cause I feel like with Odell, anytime he gets, you know, public pushback on something, his teammates, like they always come out and stand up for him. I mean, unprompted. I mean, cause they were talking about, uh, there was a report that came out a couple of weeks ago where they said Odell, like didn't talk to anybody when he got there. Uh, and was just kind of like doing his own thing. And uh, immediately Anthony Schwartz, the rookie wide receiver for the Browns, said that's false because when I got here, Odell took me under his wing and we're butts and he's trying to help me out and be a better receiver. Uh, you talk to Saquon, Sterling Shepard, all those guys who were with the Giants when Odell was there, they all say he was like the consummate teammate and that he was a great dude to have. Like, yeah, did he get a little emotional on time? But dude, it's football. Like, I don't, right. I don't right. know. Like if you've been around it, it's, it's a very emotional. It's life. Game. Like you're, it's okay yeah. to be emotional. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's it's okay. yeah, and yeah, and that, that's another point. Like we've we've gotten to a point where, and I think yeah, I, I think we've gotten better with this, but we're not all the way there. Where like being sensitive is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not. It, it like it doesn't. It's not a you know a a, a stain on your personality. It's just just passionate about stuff. Uh, and I think it's more revealing to me when, you know, you talk to people who actually know Odell and they're like, this guy's man. And you talk to people who don't know him, they're like, oh, he's a whiny little brat. But so I, I, I think I know whose opinions I'm going to value there. And I think when you have like all these white guys calling a black athlete coddled because he wants the ball and he wants to play better and he wants to win, it just doesn't sit right with me. Right. I mean, what like, right. If, if Julian Edelman wants the ball and it's like, oh, look how tough he is. You know, like he, he just wants yeah. to help his team win. I mean, and Cam, like it's it's interesting that both it's Cam and Odell that we're talking about this week. And Cam is, right. has been subjected to the same thing. Like people, the, the I mean, you do a Google search of Cam Newton and you can find people just questioning him up and down. But then, again, you talk to players and they're like, uh, well, he's a six foot five linebacker playing quarterback who runs like uh you know a safety and throws like he's an astonishing player he's a really good team you know like those guys have all they all like being around him like it's right they 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 think he's a warrior you know like uh they think he's smart, like, and it's all it's like because it's he wears hats or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I mean, think about some of the reasons, or, or like one of the reasons that that comes out as to why Cam couldn't get signed is because people are always like he he doesn't have the personality to be a backup. Like he's going to get too many guys to like him, and it, it's going <laughs> to mess things up with the rest of the team. Like. And that, and when you say that as a negative, like what are, what are we even doing here? Uh, and you know, it's just you know, I, I think it, the, the the Odell and the Cam stuff it kind of goes to show like how far we still have to go with the media and how we frame you know the mindsets of these guys who play these violent games, and you know, also just the mindsets of how we talk about black athletes who you know show emotion on the field. Because I mean. We're coming after it with the taunting stuff. So clearly, like, there's pushback and it's not, you know, a widely accepted thing. But we just got to keep pushing because I just don't think the way that these guys are treated in the media is is right when you get to talk to people who actually know them. Yeah. And I, I just don't get the sense that, I, I mean, a certain segment of fan base cares, but, like, just leave them behind. Yeah. Like, you know, like, just. just okay, bye. Right. Like, the NFL is a behemoth. Every team is worth billions of dollars. Like, they're bringing in billions of dollars of revenue each year. Like uh, your your players are the like those are the people who you should be building around based on who they are and who they want to be and how they want to play the game. Like that's that's the game, right? Those are the right. ones who who make the game. Not uh, the owners are lucky enough to, however, they got rich. They got to buy the teams and they get to pretend that it's their game, but it's not. Uh, like, right. You know, we need to switch that around, uh, but. Yeah, I can feel my blood pressure rising, so picks. <laughs> uh, all right, well, then let's get to picks. Let's, uh, let's look ahead. Uh, all right, last week, 
uh, both of you, both Charles, Curtis, and you went six and seven. You're at 51 and 57 on the year. Uh, you already lost one this week. You picked the yeah. Ravens. Oh, uh, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's go Browns, Browns Patriots. 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 Uh, Pats are, wow, uh, Pats minus two and a half here. Interesting. Yeah, I went with the Browns. Uh and really, I, I just I, it, to me, it's more about how the Browns' defense will make things difficult for Mac Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I, I know that Mac has like uh, Mac's obviously had a, a good rookie year, uh, mm-hmm. but I sure. really just don't get like the some all the excitement around him. Like I, I don't remember who it was the other day, but like I saw someone tweet like, "Can you believe that the that the NFL let Mac Jones slip to 15? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, definitely. Like, have you watched him play? Like, it's fine. It's good. But like, the the reason why he fell to fifteen because you question like how much better is he going to get? Like, it's like, obviously he's had a good start, and the floor is clearly very high with him. And I think that he's kind of he and the Patriots are doing a better job in figuring out how to make this offense easier for him as the season goes on. But uh, he's still he's still Mac Jones, and he's fine. And I think that there is are ways to kind of stifle this. Like, the Browns' run defense is very good. Uh, and now if you can get to a spot where, you know, Mac Jones is dealing with, you know, second and long, third and long, uh, that can be a little a, a tough situation against his Browns secondary, which, you know, their corner room is pretty good. Uh, that rookie, Reg Newsom, that they drafted has been fantastic this year. Uh, Denzel Ward is playing well. You know, it's just kind of been the safeties have had lapses at times. But those corners uh, should really have no issue running with uh, – uh, the pages wide receivers, and then uh, I think that the Browns' offense can do just enough on the back end. Like if I were, if I were to take a bet on this game, it would definitely be the under because I think both defenses are going to play well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mac Jones is uh, the value is pro- like it's probably actually a pretty good value at the number fifteen pick, right? Because like even just average quarterback play is a very valuable thing in the NFL. We just talked about this. The Panthers have been trying to find it. Uh, so there, there is value in that. It's just, it, you know, it remains a, a, a big question of how good Mac Jones can get. Uh, I, I did a story on uh, the Tom Brady 10 part docu-series that is coming out next week uh, on ESPN. It's the first episode is being released. Uh, and so they sent me the first three episodes, which, so it, each episode covers one of the pay, one of Brady's uh, Super Bowl runs. So these are the first three. Uh, so ending, you know, the, basically the start of Brady's career, getting drafted, uh, replacing Bledsoe, uh, and then ending with beating the Eagles in 2005. So there's three Super Bowl wins there. Uh, and it's not, there's not like a whole lot of deep football analysis, but uh, it's, you know, it shows Brady and it's like a lot of dump offs, a lot of short passes. Uh, but Brady is talking, Belichick, unfortunately, did not, he's not in the documentary. Uh, I cannot wait for someday for Belichick to, to, you know, sit down and give his take on how all this came together. But Brady does talk about, uh, you know, the fact that he got to sit every Tuesday. I think it was, he sat with uh, Belichick and Belichick. They went player by player on the opposing defense and broke down, like, what are the weaknesses? What can we, how can we exploit this guy? What can we do? What, you know, when you see this, I like to have that resource is, like, you know, obviously every coach is probably doing some level of that, but Belichick is just on a totally different level. Um, so can Mac Jones take that and propel himself? And Mac Jones also had that at college, right? Like he had Nick Saban in his ear in college. Like he's always had this, uh, like, you know, as far as we can tell, like what we know outwardly, two of the smartest defensive minds in the history of the game have been talking to this guy. So... Uh, you know, the the questions now are like the physical part of it. Like, uh, can he, you know, Brady had this huge explosion uh, physically coming out of Michigan. Famously, he did not look like much of an athlete, uh, but he put that together uh, and he ended up having that ceiling. But we don't mm-hmm. we don't know with Mac Jones. Uh, we don't know where he's going to go next. So, uh, yeah, that's sort of the question for the Patriots. But yeah, I, th- I think if you're the Patriots, you're you're happy with the pick so far, yeah. right? No, quite. Yeah, I mean it's it's good value to get a, a capable quarterback in the middle of the first round. Like that's that's pretty hard to do. So right, right. Kudos for that. 
Uh, Jags at Colts. Colts minus 10 and a half. Yeah, I went with the Colts. Uh, that Jacksonville win versus Buffalo is, I don't want to say it's fake news, but I'm not really putting too much <laughs> stock into it moving forward. Uh, they're they're still really bad. Uh, and I, I think that if this was Colts at Jags, I don't know if I would take the 10, but Colts at home, minus 10. I, I think they run them out of the stadium. Uh, up next, we got spot Lions and Steelers Steelers minus seven and a half uh the Steelers are five and three like this is this team gonna make the playoffs probably it's just (laughs) you get the Tomlin Tomlin's just gonna figure out how to like grit out these wins I don't know uh but yeah it's funny they're five and three with a negative point differential in the year but uh at the same time like I, I do think the offense is actually kind of figuring out a little bit better. And to me, like when I watch it on tape and I talk of you know my smart football buddies about it, they're just like, we're all just like, hey, uh, this offense is kind of saying, screw you, big man. We gotta, we can't cater. Yeah. We have right. to, we have to, we have to run like a real offense. Uh, so right. you know they they have, they've kind of uh, abandoned like all the empty looks that they had last year. They've gotten more under center. They've gotten more motion. Uh, just generally are starting to look more like a modern offense instead of an offense that was built for a 37-year-old mannequin back there. Uh, so, <laughs> or throw. Right. So, so they're forcing Big Ben to like do like modern quarterback stuff the past couple of weeks, and it's looking better. Like I wouldn't say that their offense is good, but uh, it's getting better. And the yeah. lines are really bad. So yeah. I'm thinking the Steelers. It's a little bit it's, – uh, it's more of a can- Matt Canada offense. You know, everyone wondered how much – input Canada would have and it didn't seem like he did early on and now you say there's a ton of motion uh I I read a couple stories about Canada sort of working to get Roethlisberger on board uh you know those two guys I assume they go way back uh you know I covered Matt Canada when he was the offensive coordinator for Terry Hepner, who was Big Ben's coach in college uh so like they have a lot of ties that go back literally decades um and so it is coming around to something a little bit more. Now, Matt Canada has also not lit the world on fire in other uh, stints. You know, he was LSU's offense coordinator and it didn't work out. So um, I'm, I'm not sure it's the greatest offense, but it is a little bit more uh, what he does, which is move guys around a ton and ask the quarterback to read what the defense does to react to that and then find the hole. Uh, so, you know, it sounds like they're, Moving forward a little bit, at least. Uh, but yeah, the AFC, man. It's a mess. What is going on here? Bills at Jets. Jets are getting 11 and a half points. Uh, yeah, I went with the Jets. And I, I don't think that this is going to be a rather close game, but a home team with a, as an 11 and a half point underdog. Right. Uh, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm just gonna go with them. And Mac, Mike White is back starting. And I think honestly, like Mike White has, he's looked fairly competent uh, since he since he got a chance to play. Like even in the, the Colts game uh, before he got hurt and had to come out, uh, he was playing good football. But you know, I, I, this is a tough defense the Bills have. Uh, it's not going to be as easy as it was against the Bengals and the Colts at times, but I still do expect Mike White to be able to keep them in the game enough where they can cover an 11 half point spread. Uh, Bucks at uh, the Washington football team. Bucks. I, there's nothing Bucks. to say about Washington football team. <laughs> Are they the new dolphins? We're just not even going to talk about them. And what is there to say? They're not, they're not serious. They're not trying. <laughs> they're not serious. I like it. <laughs> Like uh, Saints at Titans. Uh, I'm with the Saints here. Yeah, only because I think the Saints defense is like perfectly suited to to stop this version of the the Titans offense. Where I uh, I mean the Saints run defense is a monster. I I, I don't know if like people realize like how good it's actually been. Uh, the, the run defense specifically uh, is a monster. Uh, they've been really good. Uh, I know, like the Falcons in general, can't run the ball, but they they held the Falcons to like one point eight yards per carry last week. So, uh, like they play really good football up front, really disciplined, hard nosed. You know all the cliches that you want to hear about tough defenses on the back end. Uh, they've done enough with the secondary that it's, it's still been 
uh, competitive in a year where basically they kind of had to redo like their entire cap situation. So, you know, kind of kudos to that front office as much as it pains me to say that. But uh, when you look at the Saints defense, all they have to do is basically just punch Adrian Peterson in the mouth a few times, and then they're going to force Ryan Tannehill to make some throws. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really – I guess the, the interesting part to me about this game is Tannehill taking on Dennis Allen uh, and Marcus Lattimore and uh, the safety guy back there. I can't remember his name. Marcus Williams. Uh, you know, that's that's a pretty good trio that they have in terms of, like, pass game weapons, including, like, the mind of Dennis Allen. So uh, that's going to be a fun little matchup right there. But I think that the Saints defense can do enough to let them take it home. Yeah. I mean, only a two-and-a-half-point spread here. Like, you know, the again, the Titans are, what, 7-2 and two. Uh, there's probably an argument to be made that they're one of the better teams in the AFC, but uh, it's just you go into a game like this, and it's just how do you have that much confidence uh, that they're going to figure it out? Uh, Falcons at Cowboys, uh, Cowboys minus seven and a half. I took the Falcons. Uh, I think I'm drinking the Kool Aid a little bit here after <laughs> riding the high of beating the wretched team in New Orleans, but I. Uh, I, I just I kind of think that Matt Ryan like going against Dan Quinn kind of favors the Falcons a little bit. I mean, but but, but you know to be clear, like if the Falcons are going to cover the spread, it's probably going to be a shootout because when you look at Dallas's offense versus the Cal- versus the Falcons defense, uh, like basically, I don't, I don't know if I said on the podcast this week or if I wrote it, but the the Falcons defense is essentially it's just Grady Jarrett and AJ Terrell trying to put out an endless amount of fires uh, and. The, the Cowboys have more weapons than any other team that they face this year. So, you know, if they're, if they're going to do it, it's going to have to be Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts and Arthur Smith figuring out a way how to score on Dan Quinn's defense, which, you know, I think it's possible. Uh, they're just uh, – the, the Cowboys, they have a pretty high-variance defense for most of the year where they've been successful to big plays, but at the same time, uh, they get a lot of turnovers on the back end. So if they can just avoid the turnovers, I think they'll be able to move the ball. I think that line came from your uh, your much discussed power rankings. Ah, yeah, the one about the fire. I like the fact that we've been able to watch your journey as a Falcons fan because uh, I mean, even going all the way back to pre-draft last year, it was like, well, if they add uh, Pitts and they keep Julio Jones, uh, you know, they can make and they get Arthur Smith, they make this run, and then. Uh, Obviously, they eventually get rid of Julio, and you were sort of out on them. But then you got a little excited because Pitts was really good. Uh, and then the Eagles smacked them for <laughs> just that, one of the most ridiculous games of the season uh, to open the year. And you were like, I was so out. I was yeah. so mad. <laughs> uh, just like a, a puddle. You were just done. Uh, and now, the Saints. And now they, they brought you back in. So all they have to be the Saints. It's so funny because I was uh, I was actually playing Call of Duty. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I, I like I play with like games with some Falcons fans just to chat and you know talk some ball. And I was playing you know Call of Duty earlier this week, and you know this guy he had the same sentiment as me. He was like, "Man, I so like, brother, I was out, I was out till they beat the Saints, till they beat the Saints, and I was, then I was back in. I was like, I was like okay, like I'm, I'm on the same wavelength because I didn't care. But as soon as you beat that team in New Orleans, you can you can gain a lot of goodwill. Uh, Panthers at Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals are ten and a half point favorite here. Uh, Cardinals. Well, I, I said this before Sam Darnold was ruled out, but I uh, I don't know that Cam is going to play this week because that's a pretty quick turnaround. And if that's the yeah. case, I mean, PJ Walker. Uh, I, I like think the I, plan is to, the plan is to start PJ Walker last time. Yeah. So PJ this season, uh, and I know it's in you know backup, you know just filler time, but uh, he's three for fifteen for thirty three yards. Uh, that's all I got on PJ, and uh, I think the Cardinals are going to smash them. Vikings at Chargers. Chargers are three and a half point favorite. Uh, yeah, I took the charge. Or sorry, I took the Vikings here to cover the spread, just because I can't quit this stupid team. Not that I think that they're good, but I think they they they're just always there. They're always, they're like, always there at the end. So uh, you know, basically every game they've played this year, just about all of them have been pretty competitive. I mean, you're you're three and five with a positive point differential. Like I don't think that this is a bad team. They're just more like unlucky and I think part of that unluckiness just comes with being the Vikings. So I don't know if they're gonna win this game. <laughs> but I think that they definitely have the the ability to keep it close. Like like I'm just looking at the Vikings uh, game like final game scores this year. 
Uh, it doesn't even matter win or loss, but let's just say 27, 24, 34, 33, 30, 17, 14, 7, 19, 17, 34, 28, 20, 16, 34, 31. Like they all these games are heart attack games. So uh, I don't see why they can't play another one against the Chargers and probably have another heartbreaking loss by two. Sorry, Minnesota fans. You're probably used to it, though. As you, you know, as you said, this just comes with being the Vikings. Uh, Seahawks at Packers. Oh man, Packers. yeah, this was, this one was tough. Uh, I, I took the Seahawks just because I think that the Seahawks, like they they played all right while Russell Wilson was out. I mean, I know that you know, obviously you got lifted, gifted a win against like just the horrible Jacksonville Jaguars, but I. Uh, just in general, like I think that this team is, you know, maybe a little better than they than they played over the past couple of weeks. Like you played the Steelers tough, you played the Saints tough, and you blew out the Jaguars. And now you get your quarterback back, so maybe this team can get back to playing competitive ball, get some chunk plays that Gina wasn't hitting. Uh, I think they can upset the Packers. Is uh, is Aaron Rodgers officially back? Do we know? Uh, I don't know if it's actually been confirmed that he's playing yet. Uh, okay, but. So far, he, I mean, he said on, you know, the Pat McAfee show that he was probably going to play uh, this week. So I'll be surprised if he doesn't. Oh, man. But I, I still don't know if he's cleared COVID protocol yet. Yeah. Which is a little bit harder when you're not vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eagles at Broncos. Oh, man. Broncos. Let's, let's okay. not just talk about this. Yeah. Broncos yep. are I took the Broncos. Half point favorite. Um who cares? Cool, cool, cool. Chiefs at Raiders. Um, the Raiders are getting two and a half here. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Somebody uh, still believes in the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I took the Chiefs. I I don't know. I can't quit them. Because uh, every, every week, you know, I keep talking myself to this is going to be the week that Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill get back on the same page and get it right. But. Uh, Mahomes honestly just not playing that well, but honestly, I just took the Chiefs because I can't quit them, and I just can't get the past three years of offensive football out of my head when I think about them. Uh, and then the Monday night game is Rams at 49ers. The 49ers have been like ridiculously bad at home. Isn't that such a like? I mean, maybe if you've ever been there and you realize that home is like. <laughs> Santa Clara, just yeah, it's of not like, really San Francisco, so. right? It's like uh, it's maybe it makes some sense. I don't know, but uh, they've been really bad at home, um, and they are uh, three point five dogs here, which seems kind of low. Uh, and you went with the Rams to, to cover that. Yeah, uh, I I'm taking the Rams, and really just the 49ers, like they stink. Uh, right. I I don't really know how much more complicated it is than that. Uh, the defense has been not good. Jimmy Garoppolo has these clear limits. It's just I, I just don't see a way that they can score with the Rams. Uh, and, you know, I, at some point, I think, like, Kyle Shanahan, the GM, is going to have to, like, get his power strips or something because they they just have not built a good team. Uh, yeah. Maybe this is the last week of the Jimmy G era. You get blown out by the Rams, you move on to Trey Lance. Right. Yeah, Ben, ben Solak had a good story for the Ringer about just breaking down how clear it is that uh, Shanahan, the GM, is handcuffing Shanahan, the coach. Uh, yeah, you know, and that sort of thing happens. You know, Andy Reid has always been a great uh, coach. Uh, not, not maybe not necessarily with time management. With Shanahan, also struggles with sometimes. But yeah. uh, with the Eagles, you know, once he sort of got a little bit more power, uh, he started not building teams that were best for him. So it's a weird thing. You think a coach knows what works best for a system, but sometimes, um, you know, it, it doesn't work out that way, and they're they're mistaken on that, or they can't they read it incorrectly, or or whatever. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, part of it's probably just nothing more than the fact that there are two jobs, and to ask one person to do to do a lot of them, you know, yeah, uh, to you know to have any to have that much input in personnel. Obviously, Shanahan's not really the guy, but. Um, you know, they just get caught there where it's, it's too hard for them. Uh, all right. Tell me this. Let's close it out with uh, who are the AFC playoff teams? Oh, we need man. seven. That's uh, You need to pick seven teams. I know. And I, honestly, like, I, I am still a big believer in Buffalo Bills. Uh, 
So I, 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 I do think that they're going to end up getting one of these like top seats, uh, pretty, pretty clearly, <laughs> uh, division favorites there. I, I think still, uh, because really all, the only competition is the Patriots. So if you can outlast Mac Jones, you're going to win that division. So, uh, man, it's tough because like the Chiefs, I want to say that they 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 should be, but they aren't yet, and the Browns are in the same spot. Uh, so I guess you got to go Titans just because they're 7-2. and two. Uh, Ravens also because of the record. So Titans, Ravens, Bills gets you to three. So now we need division winners. Which is you got to pick one for the, the AFC West. West right? uh, so Chargers five and three, Raiders five and three, Chiefs and Broncos both five and four. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I still believe. I still believe that they're gonna figure it out and get back to winning at some point. Also, I don't think that Travis Kelsey looks all that healthy right now. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to kind of want to get uh, a little more information on that because it looks like he's moving around slow. But uh, then moving on, I'm gonna get Cleveland as my fifth team. Uh, the Raiders is my sixth team because I think I still like what they got going on offense. I think DJX will re- replace Rugs pretty seamlessly. Then for the seventh team, I think I might go three AFC North teams with the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, wow, like that. Well. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and I, I, that's tough because I I still like what the Patriots are doing, but I just think that that it's it's going to be hard to consistently win games when you're working with like a pretty short offense like that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here at the counter. We'll be back next week. Uh, yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, we'll be back with uh, my awards will be done this week. I got sidetracked big time yesterday by the Cam Newton and Odell stuff. So yeah, uh, a lot, lot of news. So we'll uh, we'll have some midseason awards. Uh, always fun to discuss those. We'll talk about whatever we learn from week ten. Should be fun. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you then. The counter, an NFL podcast from USA Today Sports. 